Grace, where we come face to face with God's work in the world for our good. Join host Jason McKnight as we explore practical issues of community, theology, and leadership in everyday life. Welcome to Encounter Grace. Uh, today we're going to tackle missions, world missions. I'm here, Jason McKnight from Grace Fellowship Church, along with Ben Hendricks, our student pastor. What's up, everybody? Uh, today we really want to talk through what, what kind of back and forth this idea of why God may want you to stop supporting missions. Oh, Ben, that sounds heretical. And maybe we're wrong. Maybe, maybe it's very we're provocative. Wrong. Well, it is. Almost on purpose, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, maybe some of us have kind of a wrong idea of what it means to support missions and, and a wrong idea of where we are on this, that maybe we shouldn't be so focused on missions. On missions. Okay, let me yeah, tell. Yeah. Let me start with a story. Uh, I'm going to go all the way back to when I was a kid, and I remember as a little guy, really, really young preschooler, our church sending out a couple named Peter and Donna Jordan to the mission field. Now, Peter and Donna had four children of their own. He was an executive at an airline. Leaders in our church. They were just part of the core of our church, and mm. God called them to move to another part of the world for the sake of the gospel, out of their comfortable uh, North American life into a whole other place. And do you know, 40 years later, my home church is still loving them, praying for them, supporting them. In fact, Peter's gone on to be with the Lord, but Donna is still a missionary. I was four years old, and I remember them going and us as a church getting behind them, and it impressed on me one thing that God sends people around the world for Christ. He sends missionaries. And that seems like a, I mean, if I'm honest, like a really good definition, I think, of what a missionary is. And so if we, I think if we think about, like, what would you say a missionary is? I think that's such an important thing to kind of think through and really define, especially as we're talking about it. Well, I would say Peter and Donna Jordan, but I guess we have to get to a oh, definition. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like maybe, you know, we could define it broadly, but maybe just for today, as we think together, uh, let's intentionally narrow it. And let's say this, what if a missionary is, you ready for it? Someone sent by God to live cross-culturally for the sake of Christ's kingdom. Someone sent by God to live okay. cross-culturally for the sake of the gospel or the sake of the kingdom. Man, it's succinct. It's easy. It's nice. Like it's compact. Like, And I, I kind of, I see four, four major aspects through that. Kind of this, uh, First one is being sent, you know, this idea of leaving home, uh, going from where you started, from that origin place, from that home, and going out. Uh, you know, as Christ, kind of like Christ left his home, left heaven. That's good. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we leave our homes for mission trips, all of those kinds of things as well. And really that second one I see is this idea of being sent. So that intentionality, I think, mm -hmm. of it's not just leaving home. But it's this idea of being sent, that intentionality of God sending you to a specific place. That a missionary is called by God to a special work. So, And then there's probably two more, right? Well, well what do you I think? think also going as an outsider, like to live okay. cross-culturally. I, I like this idea. And, and as yep. we're thinking today of missions uh, and missionaries is to go from being your own home to somewhere else where you are an outsider, but your goal is to be an insider, where your goal is to learn the culture, the society, the people there, love them there, and enter into it. Kind of like, again, Jesus moved into the neighborhood here, yeah. you know, John 1, 14. And so this idea of going as an outsider who becomes with the goal of becoming an insider 
And then the last piece of the definition is for Christ's kingdom or for the sake of the gospel. I mean, our calling as believers is to make disciples, hmm. preaching the gospel, planting churches, training up others, loving in Christ-like ways in different places around the world. Some folks get transferred overseas for business. Some folks study abroad for school. Those are all great things, and we're witnesses when we go, if we love yeah. the Lord. But this idea of uh, being set apart, sent, called by God, but mm -hmm. then to live cross-culturally culturally for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of the gospel. And I think it's clearly the intentionality matters. Again, yeah. You, yeah. there's a difference between going for work and then going for Christ's kingdom yeah. and him sending you there. Like, yeah, he can send you across the country or across the world to work, but some he calls there for a specific purpose to preach Christ. Yeah. And so I love that someone sent by God to live cross culturally for the sake of Christ's kingdom. I mean, so what are, I can think of a couple examples because yeah, I, I think in pictures uh -huh. and I like, I need some examples of that. So I think of, you know, the American who moves to Papua New Guinea to start translating scripture, like something that's so needed and that yeah. you know, most people are just not going, I'm going to go there for work to do that. But someone who God shapes their heart and ends up sending them. Mm -hmm. I think of the, like the Brazilian who moves to Angola to plant churches. Yeah. You know, just the specific calling from God to do a specific task. Because I think sometimes we think missionaries are only white people or Europeans mm. in North America. It's absolutely not. The mission-sending force in the world today, Brazilians moving to Angola, you're right on the money. I think that's, that's so helpful. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about missionaries. And wait a minute. Aren't we supposed to be talking about missions? Isn't the provocative <laughs> title of this, Why God Wants You to Stop Supporting Missions? Well, I mean, I think there's a major difference between just supporting missions and supporting missionaries. Like, what if ultimately God wants us to focus more on the missionary? Like, it doesn't mean that he doesn't care for his missions and he doesn't have a heart for missions. He absolutely does. But what if the intent for us as people who are supporting God's mission is this idea of actually supporting those who are going, the missionaries, not just the task? Does that make sense? Yeah, and... I think, if you hang with us, I think uh, there are at least four <laughs> ways that as we think, oh, okay, instead of this abstract task concept called yeah. missions, if we think of the people we know who have gone or the people we've adopted who've gone, I think there's four ways that our local church and our life will thrive when we become committed to missions. Hmm. Let me give you the first one. We gain a share in God's work. So we start adopting missionaries as a church or as individuals. We gain a share in God's work. And so I love business. I, I grew up loving business and the stock market and all this kind of thing. If you want to buy into Tesla or GM or Apple or IBM or whatever company, you go to the stock market, you pay some money, and you get a share in the company, whatever the stock price is that day. You get a share. And then you think, yeah, because they're going to return on my investment. I'm going to give over and invest, and there's going to be a return later, but I'm also going to own that company. I'm going to be invested in that company. Well, clearly, the kingdom of God is not a company, and we're not going down Prosperity <laughs> Gospel Road, but imagine if as we give to missionaries of our love and care, but also of finances to support them, imagine that we're sort of investing ourselves in the work of the kingdom that they're doing in Angola or Tajikistan yep. or wherever it is they are. So John and Ellen moved to Mali and I'm supporting them $100 a month. Our church is supporting them 100 or 500 or whatever dollars a month. We're praying for them. We're loving them. I'm not going to Mali, but they're there. Now all of a sudden I have a stake 
in that. I have a share in that. So you support a missionary, you have a real share, a real part in the work they do. And I, I, I can't agree more because I remember when I was in college, man, I heard David Platt. You went to college. Once or twice, <laughs> uh, even. But I remember hearing, going to this conference, a missions conference, and David Platt kind of gave this idea that uh, there's really two categories for believers when it comes to missions. You're either a goer or a sender, and there is no third category. Uh, that's good. God either sends you to go or he calls you to send. And so that can mean... You know, maybe you are the person with boots on the ground. You're going there, you're translating the scripture, you're meeting the people. Or it could be the person who's just faithful in doing the job that you have hmm. and you're faithful in giving so these other people can go. And one of the beauties is not every Christian is called overseas cross-culturally. Not yeah, all of true. us are called to sell everything to go and to go. Some of us are just called to send. Not just though. And you're, yeah, <laughs> not in your right, not just send. Yeah. Because... Ultimately, those guys you are going can only go because they're people who are faithful to send. So, and missionaries are not necessarily either more spiritual, like the ones mm. who are going. And I think we need to hear that because yeah, even in the true. way that I'm talking, if the just send, yep. we kind of have this little hierarchy, I think. Yeah. But there's no reason for that because we're just being faithful to what specifically God has called us to, and we need that. So until God changes that calling... We, we, we're in disobedience if we don't live up to if we don't answer that. And we just need to be faithful to what God's called us to. Mm-hmm. That's really good. So we're goers or we're senders. Yep. And Simple clearly, a lot of us are senders. Absolutely. So are we sending? And I love this. It's the missionary focus. Uh, are we sending people? Are we sending them out? You know what else I love? I mean, I think of this, we get a share in the work, this kind of this first idea of mm-hmm. why we want to be committed to missionaries more than missions. But it's also because of this, there's a lot of places that Jesus talks about the return on investment. So back to my stock market and buying a share in GM or whatever, there's a lot of places in the gospel that Jesus talks about the rewards coming back to the faithful servants. You know, the the master goes away, leaves some talents or some minas or whatever the money thing is, and there's a reward, lay up treasures in heaven. And there's a reward or there's, you know, Peter says, hey, we gave up everything for you. Yeah. And Jesus says, and you'll get a hundredfold. Now, it's not, again, it is not prosperity gospel, but there is reward in God's schemes. And it's for those who've invested. And so I love the idea that we get a share in the work and a share in the reward now, at the end of time, I mean, who knows, but it's certainly not Porsches all around. It's just, you know, maybe more commitment, more joy, more contentment. But then at the end of time, imagine what it's like to hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Man, that's a great thing. Absolutely. I think, and I love this idea that as we support missionaries, like as we send them and we support them, we do really have a share in the work that God is doing through mm-hmm. them and that reward. The, I mean, what the the child traffic rescue work in Nepal, we we have an investment in that as we share as we're part of the missionary journey, like of so many of these missionaries who are part of that, like the pastoral train uh, school in Equatorial Guinea, like we have an investment in that because we're partnering people with that, like that investment is so much bigger. I think we'll even get into that a little bit later, but. It's just what a beauty, what a what a piece of grace that God gives us that as we partner with people, we get that, that yeah. investment as well. And that's the big one. So so the rest of these that like the, the next three we're gonna talk about go a little faster, but this idea that we do have a share 
when we adopt or support or pray for or love or care for missionaries, that's just a great thing to know. All right. Well, what else has there been? Yeah. So the one that always jumps off the page for me when I think of missions is that supporting missionaries over just missions really will give, it gives life to the whole local body. Like, huh. So the, the people in your church, there's so much life to be had yeah. when you're specifically supporting missionaries over just missions. I think we often get lost when we're just giving money or we're tied into a, like like a job or a fund or an organization. But when there's real names and real Mm. people and some experiences that we've had with those people, there's life behind that. So when a missionary visit, it brings hope and encouragement. Like we're helping these people accomplish the things that God wants them to do and has called them to. Like I I think of so many times when some of our missionaries have come here, just recently we've had some, it brought a joy to my heart and I saw the joy just kind of get passed around the people at our lunch table or just around our body of those who met these missionaries as they got to hear the stories of what God was doing. It wasn't just getting to just be a part here and there. And again, sending is unbelievably important, but that joy comes back in so such strong ways when you're hearing those stories and you're hearing from the voice of a missionary and you're seeing their, them tear up because of the faithfulness of God through you. Mm-hmm. Like that's incredible. That yeah. just all the ways that supporting missionaries is such an encouragement to the local body. Well, and I was talking to my friend, Chris Sloan in Florida. He pastors a great church in Florida. And he was just sharing this with me a week or two ago, how sometime over the last couple of months, um, their smallest church rallied and gave an incredible sum of money to an orphanage in Myanmar, you know, mm. the country of, that we used to call Burma, now yeah. we call Myanmar. And um, they, because, and here's why, a missionary that they're a part of came back and said, look, we've got this problem and there are 40 kids that need help. So it's not all the orphans in the country. It's 40 children that need help. We have a stake in that. Would you help us? And he couldn't believe the outpouring from the church. And he asked a few members, and you know what they said? They said, look, this whole year of 2020 has been filled with things we can't do anything about, with COVID and with the election crazies and all this kind of stuff. And he said, finally, here's something that we can matter in. So it's a it's a it's face to the name kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's and, really, yeah, putting yeah. a face to like that the body can pray for. That's that can be even clear yeah. across the world. I remember yep. at the yep. same conference where I heard David Platt say that quote. We got to pray for specific people groups and then some were specific names and some had specific faces of the people on it. It was life changing for me as I really got to take a step in understanding that these are are actual people I'm praying for, not just names that are on a page. It's hard to focus on just names or countries to pray for. But when we hear those stories, when we have some, like when we know the name or we know the face or we know the story behind them, I think it lights a fire in us as we, like, again, we, we become a part of something bigger than just, just this mission or just being obedient, but it becomes a passion. Mm-hmm. So it brings a lot of life and our, yeah. on so many levels, not only my life, but our congregation, our local church level is enriched and encouraged by our connection to individual missionaries overseas because we know them and we're interfacing with them. Yeah, and I think, and so thirdly, as we're supporting missionaries, I think the the big third point for this is that it, it also shifts our focus hmm. off our problems. <laughs> and maybe there's nothing more uh, 
<laughs> perfectly aimed in the year 2020, where it seems like we all have just so much going on, well, many of which happen to be problems. And, and it doesn't even have to be 2020. Yeah, because you're right. Because you know what, humans, <laughs> well, don't we love to complain? We love to complain. Absolutely. It's in all of us. It's in it's in every part of human. And churches obviously aren't immune. This is why we have these stereotypes, you know, for, for real. roast pastor for lunch. Because, you know, everybody loves to complain when the preaching goes long, even though it's never the pastor's fault, I'm sure. It's always the worship leader, yeah. If I've learned anything. Uh, (laughs) But really, so supporting missionaries and and learning and loving them, well, it helps us shift our focus off our problems. Tell us. Yeah. Well, I think it's just because when we we spend so much time focusing on our problems, they actually just get bigger. The the longer you're focusing on them, the more you worry about them, and they just end up engulfing you and becoming just your entire world. Every parent sees their teenager who thinks life will end because they have a zit. Like yeah, I've spent right. all like so much time with these, like at the end of the day, it's going to be okay. Right. We, we get that it's the small things in the grand scheme of life. We, we just, we, we need to kind of shift our focus and we can, when we, we start involving the, some of these bigger problems in the world, we, we, it helps us shift our focus of our own problems from being these global catastrophes of our own lives and our own worlds. Mm-hmm. And they're really just kind of some problematic things. Yeah, and, and that, and even in just in the really, the really hard things as well, like the ones that are actually major issues, whether that, I mean, it is sickness or cancer or in this time COVID, it helps even in the actual things that are big and really are matter matter far more than pimples do, and in <laughs> teenage drama, but they help they do help us get a better focus and a better grasp of just where our problems lie, versus so much of the rest of the world. So it helps us gain perspective. Yes. It also helps us gain hope. I mean, that's the other thing. When you shift off your own problems, it helps you not only kind of see how big your problems are or not, but also it gives you hope. I mean, you're supporting, let's say, four missionaries. You have four sets of stories from around the world of where God is working, especially when you're down. Now you can see, oh, but God's at work Mm. over there in Myanmar, over there in Angola, wherever it is. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. So we've got, so far, we've got three of these. We gain a share in God's work. It gives life to the local church to hear these stories and to be connected, it shifts us and our focus off our own problems. What's the last reason? So one more and one that I think hits kind of close to both of us. It, it keeps the preaching honest in our churches. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And the one I love the most, I think, and our discipleship faithful. So it keeps the uh, preaching honest and our discipleship faithful. And when I think of both of this, the preaching honest and discipleship faithful, like I can't help but think of two really clear uh, verses that, that I think summarize this. So the Kind of towards the beginning of Scripture, Genesis twelve three, the promise to Abraham: "In you, every family of the earth shall be blessed." Mm, and then, as we so get good. to the ends of the end of the Gospels, we hear in Matthew twenty eight, a very popular verse of Great Commission: "Go make disciples of every nation." Like we get a clear picture of this. Yeah, and it's from like I love that from the beginning to the end, yeah. from Genesis twelve with Abraham to the disciples to Jesus as he's ascending, um, on every page of Scripture. Pretty well. Maybe Song of Solomon, not so sure. But everything else, God's heart for the nations. It's right out there. And we get glimpses of it and glimpses of it. And look at if our church is not supporting any missionaries, I, as a preacher, I got to start downplaying all that God's heart for the <laughs> nations kind of stuff. I got to skip them. And I'd be missing out. And you would too, the character of God. He is a missionary God who sent his son on a mission and sent mm. his spirit on a mission right now. 
And absolutely not just preaching, because you're right. Like it, it's hard to kind of go through the preaching if if you if you can't touch how God is moving in His mission, because Scripture is just entrenched with that. Like it yep. has so much to it. But again, not just preaching, but also our discipleship, hmm. our individual purpose to join God's work around the world. So as our discipleship patterns reflect that, we are, I think, ultimately more faithful. So. I love this. If our, if our concept of growing in Christ doesn't include global growth of the gospel and our role in it, we need to rethink it. So That's good. supporting missionaries will impact the way we do discipleship. It has in our own church. I've, I think of the way as, of, as we've taken, as we've partnered with uh, different pastors, specifically one or two in the Dominican Republic, and as our church has sent mission, uh, kind of mission trips, and we've done mission trips, I've, I've watched our students who've gone, and I've watched their families who've gone, and I've watched our church as a whole really see missions and see discipleship in a different way. That one of the beauties of supporting specific missionaries is you get to know them personally. Huh. It's one thing to support the mission, but it's something different when you both support the mission and are invested in the missionaries. Like I think of, the, of when we're, as we're supporting these as these uh, these pastors in the Dominican Republic and our and our church is taking trips at least once a year. I, I've seen our students embody marked by that more every year than I have the last. Like of, of how God is moving, how real names and real faces mm-hmm. and real experiences are coming to light. Like this is just a really simple way of making God's mission tangible for us, and we see like like real parts of it. Yeah, because they are real and they are important. So it keeps our discipleship faithful. And it keeps our preaching honest. Yep. I love it. That's the fourth one. And let's go back over them just so that we don't forget them. We gain a share in God's work as we start supporting missionaries. We, we, it gives life to the local body, the local church, the local congregation. It shifts our focus off our own problems, and it keeps the preaching honest and the discipleship faithful. I mean, it's good stuff. Absolutely. So there's four reasons why God may want you to stop supporting missions. Oh, because he wants you to start to start partnering with missionaries. So where do we go from here? Like, let's get, so this is good. Yeah. And now how do we play it out? Where do we go? If you're in a church that you'd like to see some more growth in this, here's a couple of pointers, a few pointers uh, for all of us. And you don't have to be in leadership to make change in a church, by the way, but that's another podcast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think the first (laughs) way is just to pray. Mm. And it can seem like a kind of a cop-out, but it's not. That we just need to pray for your your church leaders and, and your church body, that they would really grab the mission, grab the that fire and just this, mm-hmm. this passion for wanting to support missionaries over just yeah. the mission. Yep. I think another thing we can do individually is learn. Mm. Start going on websites, blogs of mission groups. Learn who's out there sending missionaries. You know, I think of South America Mission, Wycliffe Translators, Pioneers, Ethnos 360. Uh, you know, places like this. They have a lot of information on their websites. Mm. We can learn a lot as individuals and we can... Adopt. Yeah. You know, one of the things adopt that... Kids. Yeah, absolutely, you know, <laughs> no. Uh, but not really. So adopt, and one of the things, I've, I've seen this as we've really as a church begun to uh, send out church planters that I've seen the joy that comes in with some of our church planters as they have gotten, uh, different families have, a, yeah. we'll say, adopted them and started giving, you know, 50 to $100 or wherever that is just to them, maybe monthly, maybe a one-time gift, but they've seen that people support them. The encouragement that comes to these church planners, mm-hmm. these missionaries uh, in different places as they, as a kind of a, 
a reminder that God has called them to this and what God calls you to, he will supply you for. That's right. And that's just important. What else? So pray, learn, adopt, okay. a missionary, uh, volunteer. Probably your church uh, might have or, or could soon have an outreach committee or a mission council or something like that. Maybe they need help. Maybe they, if you have this on your heart, say, hey, can I help on that? Be part of the planning and energy mm. of this in your church and watch God work over the long term. Absolutely. And I got one more for okay. you. And this one's more uh, towards kind of church leadership, I think. Uh, and so pastors and leaders, set a goal or a percentage that you, like monthly mm. or yearly that you would like yeah. to give t- out of the door, out of the church to missionaries. I love that just from the foundation of our church here. Uh, our elders have wanted to have a specific amount that they give out the door to missionaries. And that's been a marker that sometimes we're below some. And, but we always know that this is the striving point. This is where to go. Mm. I think it's important for every church to have that because if you don't, oftentimes it's easy for those dollars to come straight back in yeah. and we miss out on it. Yeah. So pray, learn, adopt, volunteer, and then as pastors and leaders, maybe set a goal. I mean, these are just some thoughts on first steps kind of to go from here if you want to take something. But what we know is this, that if God wants you to stop supporting missions, it's because he wants you to invest in missionaries. Start investing in missionaries. That is good stuff, Ben. Thanks for joining us today on Encounter Grace. If you like it, share it, and then come on back. I'm Jason McKnight. This is Ben Hendricks, and we'll be back. This is a ministry of Grace Fellowship Church in Kinston, North Carolina. Visit gracekinston.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.